Alrighty, I wasn't going to do a stream today. As you know, I landed in Lisbon today, and as you can see, I'm settling in, in the new apartment. And I wasn't going to do a stream, but we have to do a stream today because we got clarity from the Fed yesterday. We finally got clarity as to exactly which day they are going to stop raising rates. So we got, we got that clarity. And despite the hawkish meeting that we had yesterday, it does feel like there are certain altcoins that are running, but it's only certain altcoins that are running. So I think what we're going to do is we're actually going to look at which altcoins are running and decide why those altcoins are running. And I think I've got a, a formula or a reason. I think I understand why these altcoins are running. And if I'm right, then I can probably give you the next five altcoins that are running. So I think that's what we're going to do today. Should we do it? Let's go, let's go. Let's Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and then they got go. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. rise and shine guys tell me if you can hear me tell me if you guys can hear me uh, and if my microphone level is loud enough because i haven't had a chance to test the microphones yet so let me know in the comments if the microphone is loud enough um to those of you who say that i have been trading you know me too well you know me too well i have got two trades open in uh, the competition right now my last trades in the competition were i shorted doge uh, doge went from 14 all the way down to 13 i went under 13 12 90 at about 13.40, I closed my short yesterday when Powell spoke. Today, I opened two new trades. So the two trades that I have open at the moment are, let me make this bigger for you guys. So the two trades, I bought some injective protocol, which we're going to talk about today. Um, I bought that, as you can see, at 277.50. Uh, and I bought some Algorand as well today. Uh, I'm kind of break even on Algorand. I'm a little bit up on injective. And overall, where am I? I am in 14th position with uh, 149%. Um, so we should probably talk about what, what the next trades are in the competition because these are all, all the historical trades. So listen, welcome back. Let's do this. If you're new to the channel, subscribe to the channel. By the way, I'm so impressed with you guys. I'm, I'm so, it makes me so happy to see that our subscriber numbers are growing even in the bear market. I think we're one of the only channels in the world where our subscriber numbers are growing in into the in in the bear market so thank you thank you thank you if you're new to the channel subscribe if you're not new to the channel just like this content get it out there if you only knew the links that i went to to bring you guys this content i had to go get a sim card I had to make sure the sim cards uh, uh, um fast enough then as you can see there's not a single light bulb in this whole apartment so here i am with the selfie lights trying to light up a whole room uh, full of selfie lights so it's not our it's not our um uh, uh, it's not our uh, uh, normal style, but here we are and we bring you crypto love and crypto wisdom. And the reason why I wanted to do it is because we have to talk about the Fed meeting from yesterday. And we have to talk about why there are certain altcoins that, despite the market not being very good, are running after the Fed meeting. Because I don't know if you, if you guys are watching the same thing that I'm watching, but if you are, you can kind of see what's going on here. 
Uh, we had Phantom exploding today. We'll talk about that because I actually spoke to Andre earlier. So we had Phantom explode. I spoke to Andre, so I've got news for you guys. Um, I don't know how much of the news I can actually uh, share with you guys because a lot of it, you know, he said to me in privacy, but I'll tell you as much as I can tell you guys. Injective protocol up 12.93%. Um, let's quickly look at some of the other charts. Uh, injective, as we said, $2.84. Dogecoin right now, 12880 if you think that Doge is trading in ranges, then this is probably a good entry point, and then you get out at like 13.3, 13.4. If you're trading that range, but you got to stay, you got to stay uh, um, watching the watching the laptop if you are doing that. All right, let's talk about. Let's get into the news, and we'll we'll talk about altcoins in a second. But let's get into the news, and I think the big news that we want to talk about is the FOMC meeting, because I think there's one chart that actually tells the story of FOMC better than anything else that I've seen, and that is the NASDAQ charts. So look, let's look at the NASDAQ charts. What I've done is I've put on the 15-minute time scale for you. And I want to walk you through what happened. I want to walk you through where things were, uh, went right and where things went wrong. Because I think if you understand where things went right, where things went wrong, then you'll, you'll understand what the, the Fed meeting actually meant. So here, right here, is where the Fed published the statement. And at that point, everything was good. And you can see the NASDAQ went all the way up. And this is the statement that the Fed published. And what it said, the part that got everybody so excited was this part of here. It said, the committee will continue reducing its... Oh, no, it wasn't that. It was, the committee will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation, and economic and financial developments. And when everybody read this, what they thought is, what the Fed is saying is, look, we've no, we know we've tightened, but, and we know we've tightened, and we know that there's a lag between when we tighten and when you actually feel the economic effect of it, effects of our tightening. And so we're gonna take that in mind when considering future rate increases. And so when they read this, when, they, when we all read this, the market went crazy. And you can see the NASDAQ shot up. Uh, I mean, these are 15-minute charts, so take them with a pinch of salt. But the NASDAQ did go up about 2.31%. And then if you look at the next red candle, the next red candle was over here, and it went all the way down to here. So what happened? So let's look at the key points of what happened. Well, the first thing is Paul came out into the press conference, and he was, he was actually unusually hawkish. So we were expecting some kind of pivot. Remember, I said to you before the FOMC meeting, I said, our best case scenario at the FOMC meeting is that the Fed talks about slowing. The Fed talks about pausing. The Fed talks about, in the best case, a pivot. But we kind of knew a pivot wasn't going to come. But we wanted them to use language which said, look, we'll slow the rate hikes. We'll go down to 50 basis points and stuff like that. That's not what happened. As Powell got into the press conference, and I'm going to start you at the first part that in I think is relevant. conferences. Uh, it will become appropriate to slow the pace of increases as we approach the level of interest rates that will be sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation down to our 2% goal. There is significant uncertainty around that level of interest rates. Even so, we still have some ways to go. And incoming data since our last meeting suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates will be higher than previously expected. Our decisions will depend on the totality of incoming data and their implications for the outlook for economic activity and inflation. We will continue to make our decisions meeting by meeting and communicate our thinking as clearly as possible. So guns blazing, he comes out and he basically says, look, 
Remember we told you that we think the terminal rate is going to be 4 point something percent? Well, it's actually going to be higher than that. And that was, of course, pretty bearish. Carries on and he carries on. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I'm actually going to take you to timestamp 1108. This is what we do. We, we listen to all these things so you don't have to listen to the whole conversation. To be clear, I, let me say again, the question of, of when to moderate the pace of increases is now much less important than the question of how high to raise rates and how, how long to keep monetary policy restricted, which really will be our principal focus. If I could follow up on that, did, to what degree was there an importance or weight given to a need to signal this possibility now, given all the concerns really around the globe about Fed see, policy sort of... He's talking about global concerns, which is what we've been speaking about. Let's see what Fed Powell answers. Uh, and everybody else, you know, dealing with their own stress uh, as a result. Well, I think... Um, I'm, I'm pleased that we have moved as fast as we have. I don't think we've over-tightened. I think there's very different... So they haven't over-tightened yet. Our current level is is too tight, given that inflation still runs well above the federal funds rate. So um, I think that at this meeting, I, I, as I, the last two meetings, as I've mentioned, uh, I've, I've said that, we, that there would come a point, and this was a, a meeting at which we had a discussion about what that might mean. And we did discuss this, and as, as I mentioned, we'll discuss it again in December. Okay, so that was the, the next part of it. And then this is where this is where the KO knockout punch came. This is where the markets really, really, really got hit. So it was here. You need to listen carefully to this. 1933. Let's go to 1933. Let's start here. See, but we will be thinking about them. Um, but we won't be, you know, I, I, I think we'll be considering them but because it's appropriate to do so. Let me say this. It's, it's, um, it is very premature to be thinking about pausing. So people, when they hear lags, they think about, about a pause. It's very premature, in my view, to, to, to think about or be talking about pausing our rate hike. We, we, have, we have a ways to go. Our policy, we need ongoing rate hikes to get to, um, to, to that level of, of sufficiently uh, restrictive. And we, we don't, of course, we don't really know exactly where that is. We have a sense and we'll write down and they're not talking about pausing anytime soon. Okay, so that wasn't the, the knockout punch. The knockout punch comes at 3434. This is where you got to listen. This is where you got to pay attention because this is where Powell tells you when they're going to stop increasing rates. If you listen carefully, this is the part where Powell tells you exactly, specifically to the day, when they're going to start stop increasing rates. That's what I would say. Uh, if I could follow up. Um, mm -hmm. You also said uh, several meetings ago that the risk of doing too little outweighed the risk of doing too much. Is what you're trying to tell us today is that that risk assessment has changed a little bit? Well, what's happened is time has passed and we've raised interest rates by 375 basis points. I would not, I, I would not change a word in that statement, though. I, th I think until we get inflation down, um, you'll be hearing that from me. Again, if, if, um, if we over-tighten, and we don't want to, you know, we want to get this exactly right. But if, if we over tighten, uh, then we have the ability with our tools, which are powerful to, as we showed at the beginning of the, of the uh, pandemic episode, we can support economic activity strongly if that happens, if that's necessary. That was the knockout point. So what Paul actually said, he said, look, if we over tighten, we'll keep on tightening until we over tighten. And if we over tighten, then what are we going to do? We're going to break something. And when that something breaks, we're going to use our tools to get ourselves out of this mess. What are our tools? Our tools are, money, are, are, are printing money, quantitative easing. 
He even references COVID. He says, as we did in the COVID pandemic. So let's just listen to it again, because I think it's important that we understand this, because this really lays out exactly, exactly, exactly what the Fed is going to do. So let's listen to it again. Um, here we go. The over tighten. Uh, then we have the ability with our tools, which are powerful, to, as we showed at the beginning of the, of the uh, pandemic episode, we can support economic activity strongly if that happens, if that's necessary. You see, that's, that's, that's exactly what happens. So the bottom line is what the Fed has come out and said is, look, we're not pivoting now. There's no dovish talk. We're going to continue going until we actually break something. And when we break something, then we'll just put money into the economy again. So what does that mean for you guys as investors and for us as investors? It means very, very simply. It means that we need to, if you're waiting for the Fed pivot, if you're basing your investment decisions around the Fed pivot, what you need to do is you need to wait for something to break. Because until then, the Fed ain't going to pivot. And when it does break, what the Fed's going to do is they're going to turn around and they're going to start printing a, a whole lot of money. So that's what happened yesterday at the FOMC. Right now, though, the, it feels like the market doesn't really believe Powell. And the reason is if you look at the December FOMC, which happens on the 14th of December, there's a 52% probability of a 50 basis point rate hike and a 48% uh, probability of a 75 basis point rate hike. That's the first sign that the market is not really believing what Powell says. But there are also two other signs that the market's not believing what Powell says. The first of the other signs is if you look at the 10-year Treasury yield, the 10-year Treasury yield kind of stayed where it was, kind of stayed. Let's, go, look, let's look at the daily on the 10-year Treasury yield, still under this trend line and still quite low. Now, if the market thought that Powell was going to keep increasing rates, the 10-year Treasury yield would have gone much higher. I also looked at the two-year Treasury yield because that's a shorter-term Treasury yield. And you can see even in a two-year Treasury yield, the terminal rate of the two-year Treasury yield is 4.7%, which means that the market believes that Powell is not going to get above 4.7%. I think the market's wrong. I think that people are just having a hard time accepting the fact that the Fed is going to continue to increase interest rates. And I think interest rates are going to increase until interest rates are actually higher than inflation. And that could be anywhere between 5, 6, 7, and even 8%. And that, and only when the Fed gets that point where they actually break something are they actually going to pivot. And until then, they ain't going to pivot. So now as investors, you've got to ask yourself a question. And I think that this is where most investors are actually going wrong. And this is something that I wanted to speak to. This is one of the big reasons why I wanted to do a show today. Because we're all sitting here and we are fixated about, about the Fed's policy decisions and when the Fed is going to pivot and, and, and when they do pivot, how the markets will run. And every time the Fed has an FOMC meeting, we keep asking ourselves, well, is this the one where they're going to pivot? And I think that we're all doing this very, very, very wrong. And I'll tell you why I think we're all doing this very wrong. Because I think the fact that the Fed has now shown us their cheat sheet. The Fed has shown us exactly what they're going to do and exactly when they're going to do it and exactly why they're doing what they're going to be doing. I think the, Fed, the fact that the Fed has given that to us is the biggest opportunity of our lives. But we just need to know where to look for the opportunity. And the reason why I say that is very, very simple. And I published a tweet earlier today to talk about that. And what I said in the tweet is I said, look, last night's FOMC... And the aggressive posturing by the Fed is just noise. It shouldn't affect your investment thesis at all. And specifically, in this industry, it may be the biggest opportunity of your life. And I'll tell you why. Because for the next 12 to 24 months, the Fed has practically told us that they're going to keep increasing rates. They're going to increase rates until something breaks. With the Fed increasing rates until something breaks, what that means is that the valuations on the markets are going to go down. 
and the stock markets are going to go down and the value of all assets, including real estate and everything else is going to go down and they're going to continue to go down until something breaks. Okay. You know what's going to go down the most? What's going to go down the most is valuations of companies that have no users or very few users, valuations of companies that are in the very, very, very early stage. Because when these, when we get into tough times and the Fed continues to increase rates, people are going to flock to safety. People are going to flock to shares that give them dividends every single year. People are going to flock to, to, to companies that they know. You know what they're going to run away from? They're going to run away from investments that are young, investments that don't have cash flows, investments that don't have user bases. Where do you think blockchain falls in that spectrum? 100%. Blockchain is a very, very, very early stage technology. And no matter what blockchain application you're investing in, chances are that in the next 12 to 24 months, while the Fed is tightening, that application isn't going to have a whole lot of users. And so what's going to happen is the price of those protocols are going to, be, are, are going to go down because people are going to run to safety. And you know what that means? That means that if you're one of the people that's here for the right reasons and you have conviction, you're going to have a buying opportunity to buy these protocols that are going to change the world before everyone else does. While everyone else is flocking to safety, you're going to be there and you're going to be buying the protocols that are actually going to work. So if you know what these protocols are and you start buying them now, then when the market does turn in two years, when in, in 12 months or in two years, when the market actually does turn, well, those protocols are the ones that are going to be going to the moon. And so this opportunity is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because the Fed has told you, listen, we're going to tighten. When they tighten, people are going to run out of risk assets. What's the highest risk asset? Blockchain. No users and, and, and huge potential, but no users and no revenue. If we can buy those cheap now, and we know exactly when the Fed's going to pivot, that when the Fed does pivot and we're sitting in all the right assets, they're going to explode. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you just how that theory is already actually st starting to play out in reality. Because... Some people are actually seeing this. So let me show you this. Let me show you this. And then we've got to change our mindset because we can't keep thinking about when the Fed's going to pivot. Because the sooner the, the Fed pivots, the sooner those assets that you want to buy are going to become more and more expensive. So let's look at some of, those, some of these things that have already started to, to, to talk about this trend. The first thing is, I don't know if you guys saw this announcement by Arweave. So Arweave, I don't even know if you can call it an Arweave announcement because it's much more a Facebook announcement. But Facebook or Meta has announced that they are now utilizing Arweave. First of all, what they did was they announced that they are integrating NFTs into Instagram and into Facebook. They're integrating NFTs um, through Polygon and they're integrating NFTs on Solana into, into Instagram and into uh, Facebook. That's a huge announcement. That means that a whole lot of people are now going to have blockchain wallets integrated into their biggest social media networks. That's the first thing. But then what they also announced was that they were going to use Arweave to store their digital collectibles. Because what they've realized is they're saying, look, we know that if our user base is going to be paying a whole lot of money for NFTs, the one thing that they do need is they need those NFTs to be stored forever. So people are saying, are we going centralized? And absolutely not. The storage of Arweave is completely decentralized, but a centralized provider is starting to use it. So Arweave, um, on, on that news, quickly, let's, let's, let's look at the Arweave price. Okay, so Arweave went up uh, about 50% today. So you can see it went up, it actually went up 70% today. It's now come down to about $15. Arweave is always, always, always a great buy because you're talking about a protocol 
which is probably the future of storage and trading at a market cap of under a billion dollars. I don't know if I would buy Arweave today after a 50% pump, but I do think that Arweave is definitely one that you should be looking at. You can also see when you look at the fundamentals around Arweave, um, so let's look at the fundamentals around Arweave. That's the size of the weave. Now remember the weave is the amount of data that all the decentralized protocols are storing on Arweave, okay? And you can see that the weave is starting to grow and particularly the weave is starting to grow exponentially. So here's a great token for you that is accumulating users. You know that in 12 to 24 months, a lot more protocols are gonna be using Arweave. And that's exactly when Powell is gonna stop with his interest rate hikes. He told you that. So you should probably be accumulating Arweave. Um, let's look at some of the other ones that I think are probably worth accumulating. Render, we spoke about it. So um, Facebook and Meta are talking about Arweave. Um, uh, uh, Apple is talking about Rindas, but we spoke about it earlier this week that, I mean, Apple is actually becoming a partner to Renda and this week, uh, I think tomorrow actually not tomorrow, it's going to be Friday uh, Saturday, we're going to get Jules Urbach on stage, and I'm going to be reporting that live to you guys, so, so stay tuned I'll definitely be bringing that to you guys live um, the other token that pumped today, I think worth speaking about, is Phantom so, we all saw this uh, I think by now we all also know why Phantom. Um, so it's absolutely boiling in here. In fact, let me go and try and switch on some AC. Give me a second, guys. Give me a second. Open some windows. Switch on some AC in here. Um, Okay, AC is on. All right, so we have, well, I see you guys, I see you guys all in the chat. I see you guys all in the chat. OG, thanks for the super sticker. Joby, I see you. You, you got it right. So it's the return of the great Andre. And to be honest, I did have a little chat in today on, uh, I did have a, a chat to Andre earlier today. And how much can I say without getting myself into trouble and breaching someone's trust? I think, I think um, people are saying, take your jacket off. I can take a jacket off, but my microphone's on the jacket. Uh, so I think Andre is back. I don't think it's a big surprise that Andre is back. You probably all saw this. And it says, oh, shit. Here, oh, shit. Here we go again. All of a sudden, Andre's Twitter is now uh, searchable. You can find him again. You can see that he has updated his LinkedIn profile, his uh, head of memes at Phantom Foundation. Could this mean that Phantom is now going into metaverse and that we can see a whole lot of metaverse stuff because remember andre is very much a DeFi kind of guy he's not really i mean i don't know could you call him a, a metaverse kind of guy so it could be a meme uh but ultimately i think he's back i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say too much because because i can't because i don't, I don't want to uh, breach someone's trust um his medium has been kind of quiet i did check that if you look at phantom you can see that there's been a big spike in uh, unique addresses but that could be related to an airdrop if you look at the daily transactions, quite steady. And actually, in the last couple of weeks, there has been quite a, a spike uh, in phantom addresses. Also, remember that there is a GMX implementation, GMX, the derivatives platform. Um, there is a GMX implementation being launched on, on, uh, on phantom. So listen, guys, usually we know when Andre comes back, bull season starts. It feels like Andre may be back. We'll keep monitoring that. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. 
Uh, what else is there? There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. What else am I looking at here? I was looking at a whole lot of other tokens. I am looking at Injective. And I mean, full disclosure, I have been an investor in Injective for a long time, since the ICO. Uh, and I have been buying some more, actually, uh, recently. So as I look at Injective now, let's quickly look at where it is. Uh, it is trading at $2.75. $2.75. You can see the price chart, the price action over here. Um, quite rampant price action. Why I bought it, let me just show you what the chart looks like. Um, let's have a look here. Let's, let's quickly get an injective chart. Tomorrow will be a lot more organized. We'll be back in, in, okay, so this is the daily chart. So when I look at this chart, just look at that. So this just broke. There was this resistance over here. This resistance has been broken. There was this resistance over here. This resistance was broken. We've just had a slight pullback. But the problem is that when this resistance breaks, the next resistance is somewhere around $5.29. And that's why I bought Injective. I'm not saying you should do the same because, look, it has run. If you look at Injective, you look at where it's come from, it's come from about, let's call it, okay, that's, that's the lows. It has gone about 100%, 150% since the lows. But it does feel like it's got a long way to go. And for me, Injective has all the, all the right narratives. It's a, you know, in terms of being built on Cosmos, et cetera, et cetera. For me, uh, Injective is definitely, one, is definitely one that I'm looking at. The other one that I am looking at, which I think you know, because um, I, I think I've told you about a hundred times, is Kujira. And the reason why I'm so bullish is because these guys just keep building and building and building. And if I look at the price of Kujira, it's, it just doesn't make sense. There's a, a layer one protocol that's building and building and building with a, I mean, let's look at the fully diluted market cap here. The fully diluted market cap. Yeah. Fully diluted market cap, $124 million. Your risk return there is, is crazy. Your, your, your risk return there is absolutely crazy. Um, all right, let's look at some other things that are going on. So I think uh, probably we should, we should start talking about Twitter again. And we all know that uh, Binance or CZ invested in Twitter. And we all know that Sam, or we read that Sam Bankman Fried also um, offered to invest into um, Twitter. And he offered to invest $15 billion, apparently. So today, I picked this up. And I want you to hear it. Um, I want you to hear it. Now, we'll talk about this in a second, because I think we should have a, a chat about SPF. The one that's obviously generated the most buzz in the world is the Twitter acquisition. And your name you know, is popping up in all these court documents. Uh, so why don't you give us, bring us in the, the inside scoop on you know, the courtship and your, your almost or not almost uh, joining Mr. Musk on the Twitter acquisition. Totally. So, and, and, you know, obviously a lot of this is his story to tell, not mine. Um, I, I will say that the, the court docs were kind of mysteriously missing some documents. I'm not, not exactly sure why that happened. Um, but, I, I, but, you know, from a high level, I, I think the way that I looked at is, you know, look, I, 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 you know, talked with him about it. I'm really excited for what he's doing. I think it's going to hopefully really revitalize Twitter. Um, there's a lot of open questions and a lot of tough questions there that I think have to be answered. Um, but I think there's a ton of upside in what he's doing. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, ultimately, I, I guess how I ended up feeling was, look, like, I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for what he's doing. Um, he's got a vision for what he wants to do with, with, with Twitter. And um, I think it's an exciting vision. It's not exactly the same as my vision would be. That's okay. It doesn't have to be. Um, and, and ultimately, I think I viewed this as, you know, is it the case that, um, you know, that our visions here are complementary and that there's really something that I can add to it. 
I don't think that ended up being the case. And so it ended up being a, a, an opportunity. Where I- so basically Sam Bankman-Fried didn't see eye to eye with Elon in terms of the, uh, in terms of the way forward. And so he never did it. And right now we know that CZ Binance actually did invest. And not only that, I read today that he's actually considering or he's made himself available to potentially join the Twitter board. Now, that tells you that there's going to be a lot more Twitter, a lot more crypto in, um, uh, uh, integration into, into uh, um, Twitter. So let's keep our eyes open for what that Twitter integration may be, because if you know what that Twitter integration may be, then you could actually end up making money. And the other day we spoke about the Bluebird uh, Index, which I think has three tokens in it. Um, Bluebird obviously being Twitter. So the three tokens that we know are in there, BNB is in there, Doge is in there, and Mask is in there. So I don't know how many of you have actually tried to use Mask. I actually tried to use it today. So if you look at, this is my Twitter. And if I want to write a tweet, you see I've got a Mask extension here. And I can send encrypted, because Mask is integrated into Twitter, what I can do is I can send encrypted messages to my friends across Twitter using Mask. So... It's quite interesting. It's quite interesting. It's got this encrypted messenger that integrates into social media platforms. What I'm going to do in the next couple of days is I'm going to actually do a deep dive into Mask and decide whether we should be buying it long term. Now, short term, we're definitely not going to be buying it because it's gone up about 400% in the last week or so, but it's worth looking at it. Um, Also, you can see that Bybit have listed Mask for deposits and FTX have also listed Mask for deposits. Now, you can decide which one of these you want to be trading on. Uh, you know, my view, I don't touch uh, anything to do with FTX anymore. I'm all in on Bybit. You can see that. Let's check, check my, my trading competition. Oh, man, I'm 17th. Okay, I see my, the market's starting to come down slightly. I'm 17th here. Uh, okay, let's carry on. Um, cool, yeah, so that's that. What I also saw around SPF, which was probably worth mentioning, is their balance sheet. So their balance sheet came out last night and the balance sheet has an estimated $14.6 billion uh, in the balance sheet. That's not the whole story though because there's a whole lot of liabilities against it. But what is the equity in the balance sheet? What do they have? Well, interestingly, they've got $3.66 billion of unlocked FTT. Okay, so this is interesting. In On the FTX balance sheet, they've got $3.66 billion dollars of unlocked FTT and 2.16 billion of FTT collateral. But when I went to look at coin market cap and I looked at the market cap of FTT, it's only 3.2 billion. So how can a token have a market cap of 3.2 billion, but FTX have 3.6 billion of unlocked FTT, which is strange. They also have 292 million um, uh, of Solana and 863 million of locked Solana, so about a billion dollars of Solana. Now, what that shows you is that if you make small investments, like I don't think Sam Bankman-Fried invested more than a million dollars into Solana. Well, that million dollars today is over a, worth over a billion dollars. So it just shows you like in blockchain, you can make a whole lot of small investments um, and and they can, they can give it the, the, the huge life-changing returns. Um, let's see what else there was here. So the other significant 3.37 billion of crypto held. They did have other tokens at Serum, Maps, Oxy, and Feeder. And yeah, net net, there's the the if you take the total assets, less the total liabilities, you've got um, FTX among uh, eight billion of liabilities. So 
about six billion total uh, value if you take the assets, less the liabilities. So yeah, that's the, that's what the FTX balance sheet looks like. Uh, was there anything else? Was there anything else? Was there anything else? Oh, the Twitter blue mark campaign. I mean, everyone, there's the whole talk about eight dollars a month. I don't know if you saw, but I mean, this lady AOC, she drives me up the wall, and she went and and, and attacked Elon. Laugh now. She says, uh, "LMOA at a billionaire earnestly trying to sell people the idea that free speech is actually uh, oh, what the hell's going on here." is actually an $8 a month subscription plan. No, lady. All he's saying is that if you want a verified check mark, that's going to cost you $8 a month. And if you don't want a verified check mark, well, then don't, uh, don't, don't take the, the $8 a month. But, it, I mean, it's not like it's going to, freedom of speech cost you that, that amount of money. Um, although Elon was comparing it to a Starbucks coffee, which is nonsense. I mean, it's nonsense. You can't compare the two because... You know, $8 in the U.S. sounds like it's nothing, but $8 in India, $8 in Brazil, $8 in Africa is a lot of money. And in fact, most people in Africa can never, ever, ever afford uh, $8, can never do that. But he does plan to start selling it from Monday. And when he does, I'm going to be sponsoring 100 years of blue check marks for the Banter fan, that's for sure. All righty, guys. So that was a quick show that I had to bring you. Um, let me know if there are any questions. We have got a few more minutes. Any questions in the comments? We'll do super chats first if there are too many questions, but otherwise I'm here. Mm. Say not talking about Nia anymore. I talk about Nia all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm holding Nia. I keep buying Nia. I've got a lot of Nia. In fact, we're just investing in an amazing Nia wallet, uh, which is going to be coming out soon. So, yeah, we, we, we're just finalizing our investment, and I'll talk to you guys about it once it's done. Um, you want to see what this place looks like? I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. So... Don't laugh because I know you think it looks glorious and there's a streaming setup, but it, it's actually not like that. I'll show you. So that's the couch, that's the kitchen. That's my luggage and my lunch on the floor. And that is what it looks like. The coffee machine is supporting that monitor over there. Uh, the, the, there's literally a coffee machine. I'll show you. There's literally, literally a coffee machine behind it. I don't know if you can see. Let's try and fix that. Literally, the coffee machine is supporting the monitor, so the monitor doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't fall. Um, yeah, and that's what it looks like. There's my selfie light facing the wall, so I don't get too much reflection. And then my bag with all the cables over here, and you can see that that's where the bedroom is over there. So it's a cool apartment, but uh, I had to be in a rush, so I haven't. Had, there's no real lights. There's all the stuff that I need is not really here. Uh, when Lisbon meetup, uh, look on, look on my Twitter tomorrow. We'll talk about Lisbon meetups tomorrow. Uh, I just got here today. So yeah, Aptos, I'm not touching it yet. I was, I was watching it. I was watching it. I think under $5, I'll consider it. And I think it will get to under $5. So for now it's at $7.32 as I'm looking at it. Yeah. Um, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at $7.32. Sorry. What, what is happening on the market? What is the market coming down? Why is everyone panicking? No, nothing's happening in the market. It's all the same. Monkey Ball. Yeah, Monkey Ball are going to be on stage tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, Monkey, Monkey Ball are going to be on stage tomorrow at Solana Breakpoint. So, yeah. Accumulating R-Weave now that it's jumped up 78%. No, don't accumulate R-Weave now that it's jumped up 78%. Wait. Wait for the announcement to go away. And then buy it in a couple of days when it gets back to $10 or $12. But, yes, you should be accumulating R-Weave. Um... How about Cadena? Someone's asking. Um, why would I buy Cadena? No one that I know is building anything interesting on Cadena. 
What exchange can we use to, in, in America to access these cryptos? You can go down below. There's a link to BitGet. BitGet allows Americans. And there's just one little question. When that question comes on, just check the, check the box and just move on. Someone's saying, why is bond pumping? First of all, I have no idea what bond is. Let's go look at what bond is and why it's pumping. Um, I don't know. Bond's not pumping on my monitor, bro. Uh, Doge. Let's look at the range. Remember I said to you, for me, the, Do the range on Doge is every time it goes under, like now for me, it's at the bottom of the short-term range. But it could lose the range. It could lose the range. That's the, the problem is that it could lose this range. So the question is, in the long term, I think Doge is going to come down slightly. The question is, at this price, do I think it's going to reclaim its its um, its its uh, uh, the range again? If you do, it might be an interesting little position to take here for the Bybit competition. So you you, know, you take that you trade the Doge range. So. Let's let's just try it for fun. So, go here. Um, let's go Doge. The twelve point seven nine. So let's go long twelve point seven nine. Let's buy fifty thousand Doge, which would make it a six thousand. And let's open a ten long. And let's see if our our thesis is right. If it goes up, if it goes down, I'll I'll put in a stop loss. Um, here I'll put in a very tight stop loss. So I'll put in a stop loss here. Um, I'll put a stop loss in at 12.5. 12, I'll put my stop loss in at 12, 12.55. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to let it carry on running. See what happens. Who knows? Maybe maybe, maybe this will be, you'll, we'll do a bit of a, a range trade. Okay, people are talking about band. Let's look at band. I have no idea what band is or how it works, so we can just look at the price action together. Um, okay, holy shit. Wow. Okay, generally don't touch it. Generally don't touch that. Uh, whoa. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Let me go do some homework. Let's see, what, let's see what this is all about. I'll go do some homework. Anyway, guys, I'm going to go and get some Portuguese food. Um, I will see you guys again. Maybe tomorrow, but if not not tomorrow, I will see you guys on the weekend. Until then, have fun, stay safe, and trade well, my friends.